Wormwood is the new documentary from director Errol Morris. It's about a man named Eric Olson, who's trying to figure out what exactly happened to his father, Frank. Frank Olson was a scientist for the CIA who died in 1953 after falling out of a hotel window. According to the official story, Frank Olson was given LSD as part of a government project called MK Ultra. He had a bad trip, and he committed suicide. But Eric Olson doesn't believe the official story, and he spent his entire life trying to figure out what really happened. In this three-part podcast, Errol Morris will speak with people who know a lot about the MK Ultra case, including Eric Olson and the journalist John Bronson, host of the Butterfly Effect podcast, who covered MKUltra in his book, The Men Who Stare at Goats. In this episode, Errol Morris speaks to the actor Peter Sarsgaard. There are things we can never know about what happened in that hotel room to Frank Olson. So in the documentary, Morris uses scripted segments to explore some of the possibilities, with Sarsgaard playing Frank Olson. Here's a clip from the film, with Sarsgaard speaking to his wife, played by Molly Parker. It didn't go well. Did she break security? Of course not. Did you falsify data? They laughed at me. <laughs> well, did she say something funny? Why would they laugh at you? I made a terrible mistake. Errol Morris caught up with Peter Sarsgaard in the basement of a building in New York City. You might hear a little bit of subway noise in the background. They talk about the film and his work as an actor. To me, Peter was a perfect choice to play Frank because he said, yes, he'd do it. He also looks a little bit like Frank. Right. So why Peter Sarsgaard? Why, indeed. I like his acting. No, stop it. But I do. (laughs) It's true. I mean, I like my own acting. So when other people catch up to it, I just, you know, it just seems reasonable. I had a really great team of actors. I knew so many of them. Peter said it was like coming to summer camp. It was exactly like coming to summer camp. I was like, Christian Camargo, I was interrogated in Russia with you in the year 2000. Molly Parker, we did an entire movie together in Las Vegas. Bill Camp, my wife and I went to go see Bill Camp in a play in San Francisco as one of the first dates I ever took her on. I drove her up from L.A. to see Bill Camp and a friend of mine in a play. So it was was almost like I couldn't figure out how you knew that I knew all of these people. I thought you were, you know, some sort of private detective on my life. I mean, in strong connections with all of them. It's interesting it all happened the way it did. Mm-hmm. Uh, for whatever misguided reason did you decide to do this with me? It's really hard to give you praise. Um, <laughs> so don't. <laughs> you accept it so easily. Um, <laughs> no, I, I've been a fan of your movies. I mean, you know, the first movie of yours I ever saw was Fast, Cheap, and Out of Control. I was like, uh, I was in charge for a limited time amongst my friends of going to the blockbuster video and renting the movie and bringing it back to the party. And I remember I, that was one of them and everybody was reasonably happy, but I was not allowed to anymore when I once brought back the cook, the thief, his wife and her lover. 
And everyone said, that's it. He's, you're fired. <laughs> you're fired. <laughs> I always, I had a teacher in high school named Father Gararelli, an Italian Jesuit, and he was a, really a cinephile and uh, was always giving me movies to watch and people to think about, and um, you were one of them. Oh. That was, you know. Thank you, you Father. canon of greatness, according to a Jesuit. People ask me, why do you make movies? You make movies so you can make other movies. I made this movie because I was hoping that by making this movie, I could make something else after this movie. And that's always been true. I'm particularly pleased with Wormwood because it turns out I like working with actors. I kind of love it. You're good at it. I still find it hard to believe because I feel that what I do violates what I thought one should do with actors. Yeah, but that's the thing. People get at, I get asked all the time about you as a director for actors, and I think, like, I've had so many different walks of life type of people directing me. I've had people that, I've had people that directed, you know, like a music video or two that was on YouTube direct me. You know, I've had people that were from the totally technical part of the business, you know, an editor direct me. It's always different. And I would say the only thing that I look for is someone who seems compelled to tell the story that they're telling. You know, I mean, a lot of times someone comes to me and shows me something and I don't really care how they're going to interact with me. I just want to be part of a team that needs to tell this particular story. I don't think simply wanting to make a movie is a strong enough reason to make a movie. I think you need to be somebody who, like you, is trying to get to the bottom of what might really be happening. And sometimes even knowing that at the bottom of all that, there might just steer, still be a myriad of options of what might be happening. But to narrow it down a little, maybe. I played a team sport. I played soccer. Never really did like team sports. <laughs> I hope this isn't really team sports. Now yes. you're scaring me. It is. It's team sports. Acting does come out of sports to me. It, in some way, it always has, just because uh, in the theater, it's more like that. You're a group. You're kind of going through this thing every night, working on the same material over and over again. Um, you're passing things off to other people that are continuing. You go off stage, the next person has to come on and not just like let the whole thing sink into nothing. I love sports more than I do movies, maybe. Oh, my God. Yeah. I sunk to a new low. <laughs> Please tell me it isn't true. It's true. Yeah. Well, I also had six concussions while playing soccer and was forced to quit because of a head injury. Mm. So I think this is more what might lead into acting. <laughs> the head injury. The head injury. <laughs> yeah. Let's go back to the issue at hand, promoting my film. <laughs> I want to play a clip from Wormwood. Here's the real Eric Olson talking about the day his father died. He had an accident and he fell or jumped out the window. And how do these terms comport with each other? If he jumped out the window, how is that an accident? But on the other hand, what does it mean to say you fell out of a hotel room window? What does that even mean? What does that look like? 
a lot of my childhood and youth were spent kind of juggling these terms around. How does fall, jump, and accident, how can you arrange this triangle of terms so that this thing gets sorted out in any possible way? As an actor, that would be you. You have to create the character you're playing. It doesn't matter whether it's a real person or a fictitious person. You have to create something. Mm -hmm. It's all on you. Mm -hmm. How did you feel being in a movie alongside pictures of the actual person you're playing? I've done something like that and had it feel actually really terrible. It didn't feel that way when I was doing this. Can you mention the name of the one where you... Oh, absolutely. Oh, my gosh. I did it 20-something years ago. Freak City. It's a movie I did with Marley Matlin. Wow. I played a person who was a paraplegic, and they quite frequently would put me in scenes with real paraplegics. And it was terrible because I thought there, it highlighted the part of my performance that was fake. You know, with something like this, you know, I can get inspired by images and stuff. And even, you know, there's images of him right after I'm on and stuff. But I felt like it supported what I was doing. But in that other case, sometimes reality can sync what you're doing. It's just all context, you know. I learned a lot about acting and actors making this. I'm always puzzled by directors who repeat things endlessly. I often got in trouble with my beloved assistant director, Attila, and he'd say, you know, this is your opportunity with the actor. You should get them to do it again and again and again. I said, why would I want to do that? I like what they just did. Yeah, it's fine. (laughs) It's just absolutely terrific. Yeah. And often early takes were really terrific. Yeah, I mean, I've always felt like Part of what motivates me when I'm acting, because it's such a slow process, you could just be lulled into it all just feeling kind of meaningless. But the idea that I'm going to do it, I tell myself I'm going to do it right away and so we can just be done with it. And that it's like opening night, act one, scene one. Here we go. I'm going to do it now. And not work my way into it because I need the adrenaline of the stakes of being out there, having there be consequences. I remember when we used to film on film and not digital, and I always had this feeling that like money was being spent. It had to, it, the film cost something and they had to like you were to right. develop it and it was going to cost something. Money was being spent. And I could feel it, I could hear it sometimes and it motivated me. And now I've literally worked with a director who was like, okay, let's erase all 30 of those and start again with this idea. And you're like, But I don't mind doing something again and again, so long as there's not the expectation that it's going to be exactly the same. I don't mind walking in the same places, but I don't try to even repeat things that I could have fallen in love with in my own behavior. I try not to perceive it that way. So in that way, I don't don't usually, unless something else is going on, feel bad about some scene that was missing, you know, in the final cut, because... I have no allegiances to any of them. They're all equal. It's all just another thing I did. It doesn't matter if I cried. It doesn't matter if I, you know, had the big scene raging against the guy. It helps for me to just think of it as all being equal. And there are no big scenes. There are no little scenes. Sometimes you get a scene like in this. Sometimes I'd have a scene where it's just one little line about the scene. 
this is what it is. And we go on and it would be elaborated and elaborated and elaborated to the point where it actually felt like a really substantial thing. I mean, even when I did Hamlet, when you came to see it, the guy who ran the theater used to always say, tell people to come see it a couple of times because it was absolutely completely different. Now, in that case, it was because I had a couple of months playing a part that there is no end doing. So, of course, you don't want to stick with something you did. I mean, <laughs> there's there's zero percent chance that you've stuck the landing. So why try to land it again? Must be fun to play Hamlet. It's so much fun to play Hamlet. It's the most fun for the person playing Hamlet. Like, you know, <laughs> I would see people afterwards and even, you know, other actors in it not be having the same experience I was having. No one had the experience I had. And uh, I mean, I have no idea what that play was like. Ultimately, I I didn't pay attention, you know. <laughs> I liked it. I liked it. Did the subject of the film resonate with you? It's interesting because I, I really was thinking about this today and I think there is a lot of truth in it is, you know, unconsciously I was thinking a lot about my dad and because he grew, he was from a slightly later time, but Mississippi was not like San Francisco in the 60s. And um, were there differences? What were the differences? <laughs> yeah, there were some small, some small cultural differences. Um He's no longer like this, but still, he has the expectation of fairness. He has the expectation of decency. He gets confused by people who are not. He believed in the government not lying to you. He was confusing to him the thought that they might. You know, and I think even, you know, Vietnam obviously changed a lot of what people thought about that. I, my dad was on an Air Force base in Illinois during Vietnam with me. Now, when I hear him talk about it, it sounds naive to me. You know, he'll think like, now he's on to it. I mean, everyone's on to it. They're lying to us every day. I think, yeah, still. Or do they even know they're lying? Um, Lying has become so much a central feature of their lives. Right. Do they even know that they're lying? Right. The assumption is everyone else is lying. I remember the first time I ever heard a filmmaker say... um, we have all the money and we're going and blah, 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 and psyched to have you do it. And I said, yes. And then they said, okay, we have to go out and get the money. And you'd think like, but you told me you had the money. And they meant like, we are getting the money, you know? I mean, this is something that I feel all the time because in order to create momentum, you have to lie. You have to be optimistic, according to a lot of people. So I feel like... It's hard because I actually have a lot of empathy for it. I go like, well, of course you needed to obfuscate. Of course you needed to kind of hope, you know? Where does hope end and lying start? But, um, you know, in the case of the government, I think theoretically all of them got into politics because they wanted to make things better or something like that. Who knows? Who knows? I had no impulse to do it. I'm not interested in politics. I just knew that I couldn't be successful doing it. I just don't have, as they say, the chops for politics. (laughs) I sweat too much. Didn't destroy Nixon. Didn't destroy Nixon. Yeah. Yeah. Such an honor to work with you. I really, I'm really, really proud of the the film. I think it's it's pretty good, and I think you're pretty good in it. Yeah. Wormwood is available now in six parts on Netflix. 
be sure to check out our other episodes featuring Eric Olson and the journalist and author John Ronson. This podcast was produced with help from Pineapple Street Media.